Welcome to the Built and Beyond podcast. This is where we share trends and knowledge and cool tools that just might help take some bricks off your back. If you're looking for insight into the built and natural environment, and well, beyond, this is the place. If you're in the federal space and want to drive innovation, we have some thoughts. Transportation, asset management, water infrastructure concerns keeping you up at night? We have guests who will talk about that too. We're all in this together, so let's get to it. The reason that we're here today is because there is something exciting going on in the asset management world of data collection. We're talking about drones. Drones are one of those newfangled, exciting things that is taking everyone by storm, but we don't know a whole lot about it. This is going to introduce some of our audience, both internally and externally, to the concept of data collection through drones. I'm Jeremy Price, and I am a GIS analyst with DTS. I'm Ricky Flakes with Aerial Ambience, and we specialize in the latest drone technology software for inspection, mapping, imaging purposes in the construction and infrastructure fields. In this particular project, it's for the city of Houston. This is kind of the first of hopefully many collaborations to gather this type of data for clients. It's been a good project and I could definitely see more and more cities using drones to look at these assets overall. In regards to the city of Houston project, the city had several assets that they wanted to ensure were working properly and the structures and everything of those projects were still intact. So some of these areas were in very hard to reach places. Let's say the underside of bridges, high up above ground water towers. And in the past, these areas had to be inspected by men. Now with the drone technology, we can cut that time in half fly up, do close-up inspections of those areas and make things a lot easier for the city. From the start, there's a lot of pre-planning on some of the drone flights. So I'll go to the area that is specified by the city and inspect the area for the safest heights, different levels for the drone flights, make sure the weather is correct on the day that I'm flying the drone at those locations. And if those areas are in restricted airspace, where planes come in for landings that are close to airports, I have to work with the FAA to get waivers to fly the drones in those areas. And I have to get their permission, then contact the towers for approval to fly there during those times. After all is uh, done on the pre-planning, then I go to the site, fly the drone. If we're doing an ortho mosaic, I use the site scan software, which will fly over an area, take usually hundreds of photos of that area that on the back end, Jeremy stitches together to create that 2D map ortho for the client on the back end to review. And I also shoot close-up inspection photos of areas that they might want to concentrate on for cracks, leaks, corrosion, any type of damages in the asset. Jeremy, if you can talk a little bit about this process, Ricky's done all of this work to get both those high-level images, the ortho images, and then some of those really detailed condition images from closer up. Once all of that footage has been gathered, what happens to it? 
So I like to break this project up into two sections, basically the front end and the back end. I had to think of Ricky as a front end with the drone out in the field and myself in the back end doing the actual analyst work. I basically take the images that Ricky shoots with the drone because he shoots two different types of images. One is going to be ortho and the other one is going to be inspection images. I take all of that and I put the ortho images into site scan and it makes a nice ortho for us. And then I take the inspection images and I use those to kind of look around the asset area and find anything that looks like it needs to be inspected. We do the video as well. So I look through the video and I just look for any issues that may be cropping up with the asset. The ortho images are basically a top-down view of the area. And those images get put through software like SiteScan is the one we happen to be using on this project. We basically upload all the images to that. It makes a nice ortho for us. We don't really have to do too much with that, but that gives us an overview of the area in question of the asset. After that, I take the inspection images and the video. I have a tool that I built and I pull out all of the lat and longs of each of those images and I put them in a shape file and I put them on a map so that I can hyperlink to them. And that way, when I'm going through and I'm looking at the asset and I'm looking through each image, I'm not having to look through a folder and trying to figure out where those images were actually taken. I can see exactly on the map where that image is taken, what it's looking at. I can then zoom in on the ortho, get a better look, look at the inspection image, look at any of the video that's there and kind of have an idea of what's happening and mark any distresses of those assets. As simple as we possibly can, Ricky, you are the pilot and capturing the actual footage of these different assets for the city. And Jeremy, you are analyzing these images to then report back to the client. We're going to talk a little bit about the city of Houston. When the proposal came in, the vendors were selected. DTS and Aerial Ambience were teamed up to provide this data for the city. Which are the assets that were targeted for the data capture? For the actual data capture in the beginning, just for a sample, there was a bridge that we teamed up on and did an ortho and shot footage of the underside of the bridge for inspection purposes. We now have uh, stormwater, bridges, wastewater, and drinking water. And at each different location, let's say stormwater, they are looking at drainage trenches for blockages of debris, vegetation, anything that might cause flooding or blockages in the water flow there. Bridges, looking at more so of a structural pillars, sections of the bridges that are hard to view without a drone. And wastewater has a lot of above-ground pipelines, which we would fly up, look for corrosion, leaks, any type of defects in those pipelines. And on the drinking water area, we're looking at water towers, drinking water basins that actually store water for the city of Houston. The city also wanted to have images, ortho images, and inspection images of these assets as well. 
the ortho is a very top-down image and it does show quite a bit, but it you kind of lose a little bit there as well. So when we take the inspection images, they're going to be flown between five feet and probably 20 or 30 feet in the air. And they're going to give you a closer inspection of that asset. One of the big things is if you're looking at like valve pipes from top down, you might not be able to see much, but when you're looking at it from an eight feet height, you can actually see what might be happening there. You can see missing bolts. You can see rusted valves. You can see leaking. You can see a lot of things there. So that's one example of why you want inspection images to go along with it. The bridge is another really good one because when you're looking top down at the ortho images, you just see the top of the bridge. But what you really want to see is underneath it, looking up. Ricky flies tons of inspection images along the sides, looking up at the bridge. We have to go through each one of those and put it together and say like, okay, here's where we're missing signs or here's where their distress is in the bridge and other things like that. It is certainly not easy to fly a drone under a bridge. Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that are faced during some of these different approaches to data collection. The first challenge is making sure that the day you're planning on flying the drone is actually a nice sunny day, not much wind, no rain, because the sun will allow you to see more under a bridge than would normally if it was even closer to nighttime. And you want your drone to be more stable and flying in weather that's not pretty harsh. The other main issue with flying with bridges is connection to satellite, which when you fly under a bridge, you lose some of that satellite connection, which is what stabilizes your drone in one spot. So if you're not a very good pilot and you go under a bridge with a drone, you lose satellite connection, your drone drifts around kind of wildly. You know, if you're not able to catch that or correct that issue, then yeah, you might have a crash. Also, per FAA laws, you're always supposed to keep line of sight on your drone. So when you're flying under these bridges, you have to position yourself in an area where you can always see your drone at all times. Some of the challenges that are faced in regard to the restricted airspace and and those FAA waivers and approvals that come along with having to go into potentially restricted airspace for a specific area that's been designated as a data capture area? Some areas are less restricted than others. And in those less restricted areas, it's kind of just a click of a button and you'll get a approval within a few minutes to fly in that area on the spot. Then there's more restricted airspace areas, which are the ones where you might be close to, let's say, really close to hobby. And there's a lot of planes coming in for landings, or you might be close to a life flight landing area where helicopters might be flying around 400 feet or less. In those areas, you have to apply for a waiver with the location of the asset. It takes normally anywhere from a week to three weeks for the FAA to approve or deny that waiver based on that air traffic. And once you're approved for that waiver at a location, sometimes you have to physically call the tower, let them know that you're going to be flying in that area for an hour or so, and they will approve or deny you on the spot. 
if they deny you, you just won't be able to fly that day if there's heavy air traffic. But if they do, then you let them know you're going to be there. When you're done, you call them back and let them know that that asset has been collected and you are done with that project there and they will remove your drone from their log at that area. One of my biggest challenges was the ortho is right out of the box solution. It's pretty easy to to handle that. Everything else as far as getting images, you know, hundreds of images that are inspection images, trying to figure out where they actually were taken at. I had to build tools to do that to be able to pull out the Latin long, the image name, you know, put it in a shape file, convert it to what coordinate system we're using. Because as you can imagine, when you start looking at some of these images, a tree is a tree. And after a while, they just all kind of look the same. So you really want to know where that image is taken and where it's looking at. Those are some of the issues that I had where just kind of building my own tools and having to do it pretty quickly as we were coming up on deadlines and things. You had also talked about line of sight, and Jeremy had brought something up that I hadn't even thought about, which is seasonal tree coverage and maybe the scheduling of this footage being captured at a time of year where maybe the trees aren't quite as full so that you're not getting all of the the shadow effects from the tree cover. In certain areas like stormwater, and when you're looking at those trenches during the summer or spring, there's a lot more tree coverage. So when you're doing a 2D ortho looking downward, you cannot in some areas see the full trench because of the leaves and trees in that area. And some areas are heavily shadowed because of that. Those assets would be better collected during winter when the leaves are dead and there's less shadowing and less leaf coverage to block the asset that you're actually trying to collect. Things I would have never even thought about. You guys had mentioned that you found in these images some interesting things that maybe you didn't 100% expect to find, but it seems like the city of Houston was more than prepared for some of the additional cleanup that may be discovered during their collection process. When I was actually going through the RFPs, they had specifically stated that they wanted some of the garbage in there listed as old tires and shopping carts. I thought, how many of those could be in the stormwater area? Like, this is kind of weird. And after doing three or four stormwaters, I kind of lost count after three shopping carts and 50 or so tires. I found some old mattresses, an old bumper. So there's a lot of of stuff that you find in these images that you don't expect to really be there. And it makes me wonder, like in the place I live, what's in my stormwater drainage area around my house? You've done this kind of pilot part of the project. The data has been delivered in a report form to the client awaiting the next phase of the project. What is the goal or the outcome of having this data collection? What is the next phase for this project? The next assets will be bridges, stormwater, wastewater, and drinking water. It's just they're going to be different assets. So it's going to be the same scope of work and the same four entities with the city, just different assets within those four entities. Each asset has its own different goals. If we were talking about bridges, they're looking for defects in the bridge, any type of structural issues that may cause problems further down the road as far as the structure of that bridge. And that's something they can easily use that geotag drone footage 
to locate and pinpoint exactly where those issues are to send a person out to fix those issues. We're talking about stormwater. They're trying to have more flow in those trench areas and remove as much debris as possible. If you have a person walk an entire five-mile trench looking for debris, that's going to be an issue compared to a drone that can just geotag and pinpoint those debris where the person can directly go to the area and fix the issue. If we're talking about wastewater and drinking water, we have above-ground pipelines, above-ground towers, where a person would have to climb maybe hundreds of feet to inspect that asset compared to a drone that could fly up there in a few seconds and do the same type of inspection. With the wastewater, one of the big things about it is they can be really long, like Ricky was saying, five miles. So the drone being able to fly over all that and then be able to pull those images back to the office and look at it and then pinpoint what's actually in each section of the wastewater, you can actually accurately plan what kind of equipment you need and how many people you actually need to go out there and clean up some of the stormwater areas. Because some of the stormwater areas, you might just need a couple of people out there picking up things out of the water. Other ones, you actually need some digging vehicles bulldozers and things that can actually remove some of the sediment out of the way, or people with chainsaws out there removing big old trees that have fallen down, or, you know, people out there just picking up the uh, shopping carts and old tires. And I think that's a good thing. I also think it's another way that the city can kind of look in how they want to manage their city overall. Houston being a low-lying area, and they do have hurricanes, Maybe they want to implement some type of citywide cleanup that they can go through each section of the town and just have their citizens bring out anything to the curb during that month. That way they can kind of clean up those old tires and shopping carts and mattresses and anything else that might be laying around that may do more damage during a hurricane. That's a great point. It is certainly a collaborative effort. Because you certainly can't have all of the condition data without a geotag, without some type of geographical locator. And having all of the imagery is fantastic. But if you don't know where that imagery is from, what do you do with it? So it really is important to have both of these pieces in their most complete form, which in this case involves a little bit of extra legwork, a little bit of extra analytical work to make sure that those images match up on the map. That is important. It's not just about the data collection, and it's not just about the fact that it's drones. It's the fact that Houston has been a client of DTS for data collection for several years. This is just the first time that we've utilized drones, and hopefully will be the start of a new trend.